And welcome to episode Who Gives a Fuck? Because this is the Dare Special on the Filmmakers Podcast. Bedtime. No! Jess, you seen the keys? Baby, give me your hand. Stay there. Welcome to paradise. What is this place? Wanna hang with us? Just needs to pass the dare. All you have to do is go inside. <laughs> this is your home now. Understand? You'll grow big and strong. Just like you. Some of us need to have the evil taken out. And the only way to take the bad out is through pain. What's with the lights? Well, it ain't Christmas. What's so he warns you before he tortures you? Well, it's not him that's a torture. I'm getting out of here. You have to do what he says. You'll go for our family. We can't escape. You just need to be clever. Life's all about choices. When you got a choice, you got enough. Hello everyone, this is a podcast where we talk filmmaking from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them, and how to try to F it up, in our very, very humble opinion. I am Giles Alderson, I am a writer, director, producer, and recently I have directed Arthur and Merlin, Knights of Camelot, and I produce a serial killer's guide to life. And I'm the co-writer and the director of The Death. And joining me today for this Dare special is also the co-writer. He's not only a co-writer of The Dare, but also Arthur and Merlin as well. He's also written many, many other amazing screenplays of which we can't talk about. But he has got amazing hair, which you can't see because he's put himself on no video. And he has a great often goatee. It is the fantastic Johnny Grant! Can't talk about amazing hair when Andy's the guy with the amazing hair. To be fair, we've all got amazing hair, just in different ways. That's very true. And also joining us is the man you've just heard. It is the fantastic Andrew Roger. He's a cinematographer. Not only has he cinematographed uh, The Dare, but also World of Darkness. Also Arthur and Merlin, Knights of Camelot, and To Dream, and recently Plebs on TV, and many, many others that I can't name. But what he does have is probably the best beard in the South. It is Andrew Roger, everyone! Yay! <laughs> Delayed <laughs> clap, no one gives a shit. Uh, yeah. And finally, the guy who decided not to clap for Andy there. It is <laughs> my honour uh, to welcome my producer, Julian Kostov, who is the star of the World War II feature Another Mother's Son, Wild Bill uh, on TV Treadstone, and the highly anticipated upcoming series on Netflix, Shadow and Bone. It is the producer of The Dare. It is the fantastic Julian Kostov, everyone! <laughs> Hey! Slow clap for thanks everyone. For, thanks for clapping, Andy. I think I think <laughs> between us, though, we do have a decent set of hair. Um, I know, I know. I, I am really impressed with the hair we all have. I know. By the way, Treadstone's been out for a year, but you can watch it on Prime Video. Thank you for plugging Thanks that. for the support. This is the Dare special. <laughs> no one cares. No one cares. We, no are, one. we are here to finally... Talk about the dare. I say finally, I've talked about it for the last three years, um, but still, this is officially the release date in the UK. You can see it in yes. the US and Canada. So we thought we'd get some of the gang together, whoever's available, who was free, to chat to you about their experiences and what they felt like when they made the dare, which is out now. You can watch it on Sky Movies or Amazon or iTunes or Google Play. There's no excuse yeah. not to watch it, really. It's true. There's no excuse not to watch anything that Julian is in because Julian <laughs> is fantastic. He is actually a very good actor. And uh, he should have been in the death, shouldn't you? But anyway. Well, I, I, I was. Well, I was a stunt double for Bart Edwards. Exactly. Or twice. Yeah. Twice. Twice. twice and I think, yeah. I think we had us. your back in it as well at another point. Yeah. Well, well, I wouldn't call myself a stunt double, but just a double. Uh, yeah, because the really stunt thing is too high for you. It's too, yeah, no. you know what I mean? Let's not ele elevate your position here. No. You're just no. a double. 
though, to be fair, right, let's, 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 so everyone knows, Julian's a producer, but also on the day, on the movie, when we were filming, a few times Julian would step in. Oh, on this particular day was a day where we needed to spray the cast with blood. So we decided to trim it down so it was just the character of Jay, played by Bart Edwards in the movie. But because we only had one costume and we didn't want to spray Bart down and have him soaked all day, Julian, the fantastic man that he is, stepped in. Can I just say that we, uh, I think the problem was we had limited amounts of the uh, re- easily removable blood. <laughs> That's so true. we, so we had to use the not so easily removable blood. It's so and, true. Uh, have me sprayed. I was in the shower for about an hour. My God, that uh, blood which was an never excuse off out. work though. It was great. It was, but basically Julian <laughs> stepped in. He was a hero. He got soaked in blood for us on the day. And maybe we'll come back to that during this talk about the dare who knows but let's go back to the beginning because let's work out why this came about why it happened Mm. why we're talking about it why anyone gives a fuck about this film the dare yeah so johnny how did you first be approached by me how were you first approached by me are you okay joss i just want to check no i've been doing press all day i've been running around and we're talking about another project and i've literally just run up the stairs through the rain to do this all very grateful you're here so don't rush it's fine. Thank you, Andy. Is the vodka in that bottle, um, Giles? Th- no, there should be, though, shouldn't there? <laughs> Johnny, so, jo- Johnny how did around. you get involved uh, with the dare? What was your first uh, introduction to Giles? Thank you. <laughs> I, <laughs> I got an email from Giles after I'd sent him some of my other work that he really liked, and we tried to get off the ground, but it was a, it was a four-page pitch um, of um, the the very basic story of uh, what he wanted to um, so, so he wanted to write this movie, and um, it was called at the time um, "Welcome, Welcome the last, the last day, day of Your Life." life. Yeah, uh, and I read it and thought, "Yeah, that sounds cool. Yes, I'll absolutely would love to to yeah. write that with you." And then just gave the thumbs up, and then that was that. Well, I knew Johnny could write because of The Nobodies. The Nobodies was such a fantastic script and still is. And one day we will make that movie. But because we're working together on that and I wanted to develop the dare further than the treatment and I was attempting to write it at the time, I wanted someone who could work with me because I like to work that way. I prefer it. I don't like being on my own. I'm You're a great team player, Giles. Thank you, Julian. So, yeah, obviously I wanted to share the love and that's the only reason I brought you in. No, it's because you're a brilliant writer and you could... Um, develop the project with me in the right way how long was it johnny before we had a, a decent first draft it was like a month or something wasn't it so we had a draft it was a month. whether it was decent or not i don't know i'd say decent i think that first draft we did might be the best no i'm joking <laughs> <laughs> you have the first and then the studio had nuts <laughs> <laughs> yeah absolutely no um absolutely no it, it's all right let's talk about the process then of writing this together let's just jump into that because I love collaborating. I love going backwards and forwards and going, I write a bit, you write a bit, and backwards and forwards. But me and you on this one, we spent a long time on the phone or on Skype or on Zoom or whatever, chatting about it. What was your memory of that? Because technically it's now six years, five, six years ago when we first started doing that. I remember just, I remember being uncomfortable, physically uncomfortable (laughs) all the time. Physically sick every time I spoke to you. I remember being physically (laughs) uncomfortable because of how, like the the long-ass sessions that we had. You know, yeah. shoulders back, that kind of stuff. It was like an yeah. endurance test doing, uh, having those long meetings. Really, n- at no point was I bored or sick of it, though. Always wanted good. and excited to get cracking with it. I mean, I, yeah. you know, I was writing in, on holiday in Italy, on, as you know, like in, on my honeymoon. You know, wherever I could, I was involved with this process. So it was it was really rewarding for me, to be fair. It was, but it was a lot of work. It was something that we didn't know would ever happen, but it did happen. And mainly thanks to Julian Kostoff, the man who has joined us today. Um, And talk us through the story, Julian, how I approached you, how you managed to get it to the studio in Bulgaria and your process. If we, thank you. If we, if you go back a little bit, I think we have to to talk about how you and I met. uh, Please. I think we probably, we probably have talked about us on this podcast a few times. But uh, maybe Andy and Johnny don't know, but uh, Giles and I did a, a Panasonic commercial together as actors, or oh, rather models, <laughs> 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 
acting models. And uh, I was the, what was I? The Formula One guy. So you were the guy in a helmet. You were the helmet the whole time. Couldn't see his yeah. face. I was like, this guy's cool. Can't see his yeah. face. I was like, he's handsome. <laughs> uh, but then Jaws and I started talking on set and he's like, hey, I'm a, I'm a director. I'm a, I'm a writer. So I was like, oh, cool. Um, I maybe want to produce one day. I'll call you. <laughs> and I think about two years later, I, I was like, yo, Giles. No, but we kept in touch. We, we did. We touch. did actually. And then, yes. um, and then one day, I think, uh, well, I was I, I was doing a, a lot of work in New Boyana Studios, um, you know, organizing acting classes, uh, bringing them from L.A. to, to Bulgaria. And like I uh, kind of co-directed a movie there and a, a bunch of other stuff. And so I had uh, I've been working closely with Yuriv Lerner, who is our exec producer. Uh, who is the reason we're all as well, uh, uh, you know, talking right now and uh, who, you know, invested in us. And um, we sat down and he said, well, I'm looking to to have a slate of horror films. Do you have any exciting young new directors, hip directors? And you crossed and, off young and went, well, <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> and then exciting hip. Yeah. <laughs> and then hip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talented, he didn't mention. So we're fine. No, no, we got no, away no. with that one. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, and then I think we uh, organized a meeting and uh, Giles uh, pitched uh, the dare. And um, and I think uh, from then on, it was pretty straightforward. Well, it wasn't straightforward. Wow. But <laughs> wow. I love your memory. That's straightforward. I remember I, know. Being, I was in Bulgaria for three months solid without a green light, prepping it, yeah, doing storyboards. Yeah, yeah, true. And true. we'd already cast at that point. Andy was on board, but we hadn't got the official green light. So yeah, because the studio was so busy, wasn't it? It yeah. was uh, it was booming with productions, and they couldn't fit us. So we were just waiting for the green light. You were right for at it least three or four months. Times didn't it? I remember being in Oldie Car Park, and you and Giles saying, "Oh, it's getting put back to like December or, or November or something." And I was like, "Yeah, really felt like you know those they were like gut punches, those setbacks." Right? Yeah. There were so many yeah. of those for me. I felt like there was loads of those setbacks. Dude, now I'm, now I'm remembering we had to do another rewrite because uh, there was uh, an exec that, you know, gave us some notes um, and we were livid. But I actually think that the, we made the, the script better. Well, you guys made the script better for it. You always make it better. You know, whenever someone mm. gives you notes on a script, you're just going to make it better regardless if you ignore them or take them on board, yeah. you still then yeah. think about what you've got to make those bits better or refresh them, yeah. right, Johnny? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure where, um, it's, it's, well, it's certainly not easy to, to press stop and um, not try and improve a script, but sometimes you just have to let it go, don't you? Yeah, you the do. amount you of do. versions of Star Wars we've had, uh, the original trilogy shows that, that even George Lucas couldn't let it go. I think, yeah. you know, I think every time I watch the day, I think, right, well, I would, I would have written that differently. Do you have more CG characters in the background? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and a clown. But I don't think yeah, that would ever change, no matter how, how you know, the Oscar-winning <laughs> writers and directors who feel the same every time they watch their movie. No, it's very yeah. true. It's very true. But I think, Giles, that, that memory you're talking about, I think the first pitch meeting that we had, and then uh, your reef was like, yeah, great, let's do it. And, uh, and we thought, oh, okay. But then we bled for it, didn't we? For we we really did. I remember. I remember you called me and said, "With good reason." Yeah, you, know, you but... called me and said, "If you can fly tomorrow to Bulgaria, Yarev will see you." So, and Yarev was our exec producer. Well, he wasn't at the time. He was just the exec producer of the studio. So I just flew over the next day, um, went to Bulgaria, pitched to him, and he went, "Okay, okay. Well, let me think about it." And I'm coming over to the UK in three months. And then pitched it to me again then. And that's when me and you went and met him and pitched again with uh, Alex Kenanov and yet pitched and pitched and pitched. Was that, was that in the Soho Hotel? Yeah, that was in Soho Hotel. And uh, yeah, then we just did more pitching. I just feel like I didn't stop pitching. I feel like I never got the green light until we were on set from that first yeah. day filming. Yeah. That, that's when it felt like, oh, they're not going to pull the plug. And it's nothing yeah. to do with them. It's just how it works. It's just how this Well, yeah, well, since they're financing it all and, and, and you know, giving a lot of soft money is, is if you know, want to use that term, but, you know, mm. a lot of studio equipment and, and lots and um, stages. Yep. So it, it, you know, and, and they have to make a buck out of having a studio, you know, so they have to prioritize all their big movies and, and all yeah. the Lionsgate movies that are shooting there all the time. So, you know, we get it. And then and we work together uh, amazingly, I think, in the end that, you know, it kind of worked out great. Just, really but, did. Yeah, I think you're really <laughs> pleased that he took took the project on board. 
Who knows? But let's say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure he is. I'm sure I, he is. I actually sure he is. I remember when when I was over in LA for the this supposed premiere in March of of the Dare over in the US and Canada, and I sat with Yariv and uh, the head of Millennium Films, and the look on Yariv's face when he told us the numbers that it had done in Holland in the cinema there. I remember the look on his face, which was so happy to sit there and his dad was across the street as well so uh, and he could almost hear it and it was just that lovely feeling so he was very proud at that moment whether he likes the film or not is irrelevant the fact is he was very proud so it was a nice moment mm -hmm. to sort of have that through um, so yeah so everyone's sort of proud of what we've done we have to be for the budget and the time yeah. we've done it on it's only taken four years <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Andy, when 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 do you remember me talking to you about this? Because obviously we'd, I think we'd made World of Darkness already by then, um, and we'd made a load of shorts and promos and ads. And then I said, "Look, I want to do this feature." Mm. Can you remember? I can't. I, I feel like we've always been talking about this. <laughs> since I feel we, like it, yeah. Since before we met, I remember standing mm. in your kitchen and you made me a lo lovely cup of tea. Nice, important detail, and. <laughs> Just saying, yeah, and just talking about it, and and, and you're saying, hey, you know, maybe we're going to move on this, and you mentioned the studio, and so yeah, I think that was, but that would have been five or six years ago. Yeah, it took a long time for to was actually get the green light. I think, I think officially, when I told you, it would have been, it would have been four, just oh no, yeah, five, no, five yeah. years. But anyway, but yeah, I mean, me and you spent quite a long time talking about how we're going to make this movie mm -hmm. in terms of the look, the color, uh, how we're going to shoot it. And for every setup, because we're in the basement a lot, we had a different staging, a different yeah. camera angle for each time we were in that basement when we came yeah. back to it. Um, do you want to talk through that a little bit? I do. I remember it so well because it was only four years ago. <laughs> but what I can say is... <laughs> I remember I, uh, it, like it was four years ago. Like, yeah, yeah. let me look at my notes. Um, no, I remember, yeah, because that was one of the, my worries was we'd be in this basement so much and... It could get boring just looking at these four walls um so yeah giles and i talked about an approach where each scene would have its own kind of staging and its own way of shooting so one of them would be like all shot long lenses or one of them would all be like where everything moved and one of them was where everything was shot from outside the set so we kind of like knocks holes through it and one of them has this big thing where we come from outside in this big black liminal <laughs> space and then come inside the room and then the the, the, the fourth wall shuts but yeah, mm -hmm. so it was, it was important for us to, to make it still like visually interesting and have its own voice because it would be so easy just to cover it in a very boring way. Totally uh, agree. Yeah. yeah. And we had Top Shot as well in there. There was another one. But what's interesting on the day, I remember there was you one day. Really, you really helped the actors not be boring with all that stuff. That's yes. Because cool. we could have easily just done plonk, plonk, plonk. But because all four walls were quite <laughs> similar <laughs> looking. <laughs> Oh, what did I miss? It's like joke? a compliment. Like, you like you oh, you that's just a very right. good. It gave us something to work with. But you yeah. just, that wasn't what you meant, was it? No. No, it was a joke. They're great. You're great. Everybody's yeah, great. of course. It was great. Of course. Go ahead. Sorry, Jazz. No, no. There was, I just I remember the, the, having that. Uh, I have no idea what I was saying. No idea what I was saying. I'm sure it's something amazing, intelligent. Um, Johnny, you came on set for a little bit. What was that experience like for you? Oh, unbelievable. One I'll never forget. And hopefully the first of, of a few set visits, yeah. to be fair. Um, which I just feel like I learned so much uh, in terms of how to write as well. And, and how, uh -oh. how they... Well, me... I learned how to write oh, on your movie. <laughs> oh, I mean... Because you, you're thinking about so many mistakes. About, it's true. Thinking about the logistics yeah. of, of how things can be shot uh, just by watching you guys work, really. So... It's amazing the difference, isn't it? Once you go on set and see the logistics and how things actually work, you go, oh, I can't write that in. That doesn't make sense that someone just does that or picks this up or, you know, you're yeah. right. Someone's in the bedroom and then suddenly they'll run into the toilet and throw up or whatever. You're like, yeah, but where's the toilet? Where is it? Where's that? It doesn't make sense. So it's just little things like that. Yeah. You learn when you're on set, you go, oh, well, that means I've got to do three extra shots. You need to set up the bathroom, mm -hmm. all that kind of stuff. But we basically played a lot with this movie and did as much as we could in the 18 days we had to shoot. Yeah. So to I play. think you guys had a different thing every day for the basement. You had something very special for each and every day. I was very impressed with your prep, guys. Yeah, we did. I think we really went to town on it. And basically, it was my first, you know, directing movie. And it was Andy's first studio movie. So we really wanted to make it, you know, as special as we Good. could. Yeah. Half um, of it, like, didn't make the cut, but it was... <laughs> 
we brought in a new director. Much better. Johnny, we, we're gonna do, what we're going to do is go and speak to um, Richard Brake and uh, Harry Jarvis and Mitchell Norman in a second actors. So, Johnny, just wrap up your experience on this movie for us. Well, overall, the experience has been tremendously positive, but it was an, an emotional roller coaster for the last four years. Um, learned a lot about how the whole process works and it's certainly not an easy one um but absolutely worth it in the end delighted to have it out and released right now aren't you oh god yeah it's yeah it feels like a i don't know like a weight off my shoulders yeah. i suppose it feels, feels great good. let's um let's do the dare two very soon there is talk right there is rumors Hopefully, I'll talk to you about that a, a different yeah, time, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> but I'd definitely be up. Can't wait. Johnny Grant, thank you so much for joining us. You're a star. Thanks, brother. Hey, Johnny. Thank you. Bye. Take care. So coming up for you now, you lovely, lovely people, uh, we have actors, Mitchell Norman, who starred in Giant Land, and he is the fantastic young Dominic in The Dare. It is Mitchell Norman, and joining him will be Harry Jarvis, who plays the teenage uh, Dominic, who recently starred in the Netflix smash The Night Before Christmas. He's also in Proven Innocent, High Strung, Free Dance, and Two Hours, uh, as well as Cassette, the movie I produced, and obviously he is Teen Dominic in The Dare. And joining them is the amazing the very talented, the wonderful credence in the dare. He is Richard Brake. He's known for Doom, Kingsman, The Secret Service, 31, Hannibal Rising. list goes on. Obviously, he was Merlin as well in Arthur and Merlin, my film. Um, gosh, it, 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 with him, it's amazing. The amount of wonderful movies he's in, not just horror movies, but wonderful movies like The Sisters Brothers, um, The Death of Stalin, as well as Mandy, Perfect Skin. Ugh, this list goes on. It's, it's Richard Brake. He's a star. You know who he is. If you don't look him up. He's brilliant. So let's welcome to the Langus podcast Mitchell Norman, Harry Jarvis, and Richard Brink. Hello. Hey. Hey. How's everyone doing? Good, buddy. I'm just unmuting everyone. One minute. There we go. Hi, everyone. How you doing? Hello. <laughs> Hello. Welcome, Mitch. It's so nice to see you. You too. Older. Mate. Lucky. Yeah. So this- much older. Been yes. a very long time. It's only four years. Yeah, you can play teenage uh, Dominic. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. We don't, we don't need Harry. Harry. Harry can play. <laughs> you can play twenty-one-year-old. I'm still getting used to that. That's 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 throwing me off. That's strange. It's been four years, people. <laughs> can you no. believe it? I, I'm I'm still shocked because Richard, you didn't come for any pickups, did you at all, Richard? Break. You didn't come for any. I didn't. I heard about the pickups. And uh, I thought, oh, you guys must be um, writing me out of the film. Because it was a lot of you guys. <laughs> you were the only one who did it perfectly. Waiting, we didn't have to reach I was waiting anything. for the phone call. Oh, really? Is that what it was? Okay. That's what it was, yeah. <laughs> Making me feel good. We couldn't afford you. We couldn't afford you. Let's go with that. Let's go with that. <laughs> but look, it, it, obviously, it's amazing. And Harry, you came and did some pickups mm. with us. And Mitch, you as well, and did, did some time. And obviously, yep. for you, Mitch, you, you're like, when you first started this, you were 11, right? Yes, ages ago now. Time flies. I know. It must be so weird to see yourself on the behind the scenes that I've been putting up and some of the, 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 the all the sort of trailers and stuff to see yourself that small. Is it weird to sort of say to your mates, <laughs> hey, I'm in this movie, but hey, it's me when I was a lot younger. Yeah, yeah. everyone sees it on social media. They always pick up on it at school. Always say, oh, well, you, were, you look like a kid. How old are you, six? I'm like, ah, ah. <laughs> crazy <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant it's so good so let's talk about your experience then of this because harry obviously i knew you anyway mm. through this whole situation mm. I, I know your parents um and uh, who were also producers and it was really interesting so what was your can you remember the moment i asked you to come on board and what your feelings was on this script and this project i didn't uh, even get the audition in the first place I, I, I didn't even see it my agents didn't send it across to me um and then you spoke to me and said hey i've got this really cool project called the dare but um your agent said you're not available and i was like no that's not true at all please send me the script so you sent me the script across and sent me the sides and i was like this is an amazing script why have i not gone for this went for it straight away and then we started working together and I'm so, so glad we didn't miss the opportunity because... So that's the story of how you fired your agent, right? (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) And and Richard Brake as well for you, because I know we met met for a coffee, myself, you and Julian, and we sat and talked about the project. 
obviously, you know, you've you've done so many horror films. It'd be really nice to hear your take on 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 why you wanted to do this with us because I was over the moon that you wanted to do this. You know, I've loved your work for so long, and it was a real pleasure to even meet you. But then when you yeah. said yes, we were uh, so nervous when we met you. We were like, we really oh, were, I hope yeah. you like this. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I think I like some psycho, right? People are always scared. Like I go to Comic-Con, <laughs> horror cons, and people are shaking as they come up to me. I'm like, no, I'm not like that in real life. Um, <laughs> no, man, I was, because uh, I read the I read the script, and then before we got, before we met, all, all three of us met, and um, I to- what I totally dug was the relationship between um, Creedence's character and his son as i (laughs) (laughs) sort of son and then what and also the sort of backstory that's alluded to in there and and all of that and because when i read it and it was like eyeballs you know i mean i'm not gonna want to give anything away anybody who's watching and seeing it there's a lot of gold there's there's a lot i would i mean even reading it i was like what the i mean it's insane right (laughs) insane yeah much more than anything i think i've ever done before but the whole subplot, the whole plot between, um, you know, me and Mitchell's character and uh, Harry's character, it's like, that's really what, you know, that what I really dug. So then when we sat down and talked, because I thought, are these guys just going to make something that's just schlock? You know, because I'm not a big fan of things that it's just crap, right? Mm. Just kind of horror for horror's sake and just a lot of blood and guts. And, and, when, and I think right away it was clear that, you know, both guys wanted to make something better than that above that take this into another level which is why I, what i thought was great because i didn't want to do hostel seven or something like that sure. and this yeah. was not going to be that and i think we really you know when we talked about it you know we were you know that was a thing that i i dug a lot and of course you being an actor at one time or i mean you st- do you still act out well, i've been if- in interviews and i'm saying you know, I, I don't know if he still is acting, but he's definitely an actor, you know. No, but, I was. I'd say I was. You know, I I, yeah. I probably could still, but, you know, I, there's, yeah, a, lot, yeah, there's you know, a lot of people who are better than me. Let's go. There. You're, you know, you're busy. You're busy. I'm busy. Guy. I'm busy directing. Exactly. Yeah. And he's better so, than you. know, and, and the fact, and all of that, you know, talking about acting and talking about and knowing, you know, and just the vibe I got off of you um, as, as a person was a you know was a huge huge plus for me so i was like yeah definitely i want to do it i think i called my agent on the way back and i was like yeah yeah this would be great oh Let's that's, go so for it. that's so good because yeah, the yeah. three of you were yeah. work, you were my you were my farmhouse team you were the team that spent a lot of time in that farmhouse with with me when we built it and, and made it an outside as well mitch can i, I remember with you because obviously we'd cast dominic we'd cast rob master as dominic big dominic and i was trying to find someone who not only looked like him, but had the essence of him. And I remember looking through, well, I was struggling to find someone. I was looking through Instagram and I saw Craig Conway's Instagram as an actor and producer. And I saw this picture of you and I went, oh my God, he looks just like Rob Master. Hang on, why is he on Craig Conway's thing? Hang on, he's doing a movie with Craig Conway. Oh my God, I called Craig straight away. I went, Craig, this kid you're working with, is he any good? Can he act? And Craig, Craig straight away went, he is fantastic. I went, mate, would you do me a favor and put him on tape? And he went, no, I'm busy. I'm filming. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mitch, can you remember that moment? I do. Yeah. I was, yeah, I was on the set of Giantland when that happened. Mm. And then uh, I was in the makeup chair and Craig came up to me um, and he said he'd been on the phone. Um, and then, yeah, it was about a week later, I must've sent a self taping. No, it was just after I finished filming. Yes. Cause I'd finished filming in the August and then in the November we went to Bulgaria. So uh, I just had my summer Then I'd gone back to school. And then, and then we got you uh, out of school. Just come out of school, and then you're yeah, welcome. I was in Bulgaria. <laughs> yeah, and having a great time. It was it yeah. was really great. Let's talk about your memories then of it in terms of uh, and tips for actors as well in terms of people out there. Harry, what was your coming out to mm. Bulgaria in a studio movie? Was it your first at the time? Because since you've done so much work, uh, but in terms thanks. of at the time, was it your first studio movie? I think it was. You know, and the studios were incredible because we shot in New Boyana, if I remember rightly, um, and they yeah. had. They had sets everywhere. You'd take one step to be in New York. You'd take another. You'd be in London. You'd take another. The Coliseum was there. And when I tell people mm. just how huge these studios were and kind of how overwhelming they were at the time, people don't quite understand it until I show them a picture of St. Paul's Cathedral built to scale. <laughs> <laughs> and then it's like, wow, okay, yeah. so this is like some serious stuff. But I just remember while being in Bulgaria, we shot in this, like you said, this amazing farmhouse and everything was crumbling and falling down and 
we even did a scene outside where I kick a door down and well, kick a door <laughs> in. Um, the set it was it was really authentic and real. And uh, I think with you know me, Richard, and uh, Mitchell, I think that was one thing that was really key in our storyline was making sure that it felt quite claustrophobic and real, and there was no way out of this place. And so. I think that's what you guys did very, very well with the directing and the filming very well as well. Yeah, I think it's really important for me when I work with actors, especially in something like this, is to really let's play. Let's let's really work together and see what mm-hmm. we can come out of this scene and really make it feel real mm-hmm. in the moments. Um, there was there were so many lovely memories I have and I've got oh, I've been looking at the behind the scenes and stuff at the moment for all the promotion. And it's been so nice to see. I remember the first year I couldn't look at it. It was too traumatic. I remember it was really, it was traumatic because it was, I was so intense at the time. Now looking back, it's a pleasure. It's a real joy. Um, Richard Brake, when you first came to set, I'm giving you a full name because you, you earned it. Uh, <laughs> because you earned it. <laughs> You've earned it. You've earned it. It's uh, what, was your, what was your feel when you came to set? Because I remember the first take that I did with you and Mitch and me and Andy had set this specific crane shot up and I really wanted to impress you on the first day because it was our second day shooting and I got this one crane shot and I did it in a one out. Can you remember it? And what's your memories of that? I do. I, um, yeah, I, I remember you being very, very proud of this shot. <laughs> <laughs> you, went, you gave me all the details. You were so excited by it. I loved it. And, and the funny thing is I'm not like, cause, um, I, for me, I, I don't. I never really think about the shots that much. I'm one of those actors that I like I'm very into what's going on in my head and think, and then I sort of leave all that. Whereas I know other actors that are very. Into, and you were so you were describing the whole shot, and I'm like, great. Okay. And you, just your enthusiasm, I loved. But I was thinking, you could put the camera anywhere you want, mate. That's just. Really yeah, cool. mind <laughs> but it was a very cool shot. But I do have this memory too. I think we did some kind of reading or rehearsal, um, Mitch and I. Um, before shooting, like a couple of days, because I got there mm-hmm. like four, I had like four or five days before we shot our, my first thing. Mm-hmm. And I remember doing, um, coming in and we did some kind of, we read some stuff or we, we, we blocked off some things. We did something. And I remember yeah. thinking, man, man, this kid's good. I, I, I got up my game here. I got to make sure I'm on my game. <laughs> <laughs> so I had like four days before we shot. And I was in what was once called the Kopinski, which I have no idea what the, the hotel is now. Yeah. But the, you remember the Kopinski yeah. back in the old days, but whatever the hotel. So I had four days in that hotel and I was spent, I literally worked. I mean, I just got that. I made sure I knew my character really well so that I could be, you know, right on it. Cause I knew Mitchell was a good young actor. I didn't want to get acted off off the screen by him. You know? so I'm not, not going to be able to, I'm going to, I'm going to have to really have my, have it all, all firing on this yeah. What's uh, that's amazing? <laughs> What's your memory, Mitch, of that? Because you know you come into a, a a movie set and you know big cameras and all that kind of stuff. What was I know you'd done uh, you know Giant Land beforehand, but can you can you remember jumping back what that felt like for you? Yeah, obviously it was like extremely overwhelming being twelve, being flown out to Bulgaria, speaking um, American. What was it? Yeah, the first day. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah, we had voice coaching lessons from rick lipton yeah awesome uh, that was scary <laughs> and then the first day of filming was it was freezing cold and we were like uh in the caravan and then um we walked in julian's asleep in the caravan there's about eight of us in the caravan um <laughs> of course he was he's the producer yeah. <laughs> there was one scene where i did really well and then we got to the end of it and I fell over my first scene. You did. You did. Yeah, oh, yeah the first shot. And then all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. You went a double for it. Out of nowhere, I went, oh, shit. And then Julia, uh, who was it? Yeah, it was Julian or Giles went, no, no, wait, we'll have a look at that. And you thought it was great, yeah. but obviously it didn't fit. But <laughs> it didn't yeah, fit. No, yeah, I've got to remember that now. We felt really, you ran for, you had this big, long running scene. Again, I'll talk about a beautiful camera shot yeah. that I had. Again, but another Andy scene that didn't make the cut. <laughs> didn't make the cut. It didn't, neither of those, neither of those yeah. scenes made the cut. So yeah, we shouldn't have gone on about it enough. But I remember you ran for, and you did it. We did it like three or four times. And one of these takes, you fell and you, you hit your knee on a rock. And we're all just like that. Oh, God. and you're being so brave. Oh, yeah. And I know you wanted to cry and scream out and go, oh, and you didn't you were so brave and it was amazing and then i think you did it one yeah. more time but uh, again it didn't make and your dad was like yeah he's all right he's all right <laughs> he can fine. play he can he's play fine. he didn't care <laughs> he didn't care he's all right one day liverpool will win the league and it'll be fine yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um i just uh i want to show a picture by the way 
Okay, this is a picture of Mitch covered in blood oh, with a hoodie on. He it's looks brilliant. so adorable. Oh, I already know this one. <laughs> like so tomorrow. cute and so little. Yeah, it's really nice. That was one of the best scenes to shoot. Yeah. What was that scene? Talk us through that scene. That was the one where we were... Uh, I forgot what room it was. One of the rooms. The slaughterhouse. And then Richard comes... Yeah, that's the one, Slaughterhouse. And then Richard comes in and sprays me with blood. Oh, it was horrible. Screams and then it was you. sticky... Yeah, oh, it was a great scene. Richard performed extremely well. And then <laughs> so afterwards, we had to... Thank you. Afterwards, we had to go to the shower. And God knows what it was they used to make it, but shaving foam seemed to get it off. So yeah. it's like yeah, a scene yeah. from Psycho. Yeah, it was, yeah, covered in blood. I do remember that scene. And I remember the performances from you two was incredible. It's such a beautiful scene, which is two of you really intimate. And I remember I had to walk away because I was shedding a tear. It was so emotional in terms of the beats and that I suppose it was for me as well, the fact that it had taken so long to get to the screen and the fact that this boy being tortured and, you know, abused in a way, you know, especially with the hosepipe spray down, that it really got to me. And I remember going, oh, my God, and having a, I had to walk away because I was crying. I didn't want to show you two that at the time because you two were acting in the scene. I was like, right, just walk yeah, away and have a moment. You came to give me a hug. I remember that. Did <laughs> no, I? I'm kidding. <laughs> Oh, right. Okay. Wouldn't surprise <laughs> no, me. Of course, we were hugging every day and dancing. It was yeah. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> we had to hang you upside down, Richard Brake, giving you the full name because you've earned it um, <laughs> in this movie. Ha- I mean, you've been hung upside down and you've been tortured and there's all sorts of stuff happened to you in movies. And I remember I was really worried about doing this with you because I thought we've got to hang him upside down for a while. He's got to go into a scolding chamber. Oh gosh. And you were so brilliant. You were such a professional. You went, yeah, no problem. I can do this. And how did it feel for you to do something like that? And, and, you know, these emotional scenes within something that is, you know, like you say, not a B movie that could have been that we wanted to make quite real. Well, I think I remember that hanging thing. That was tough. That was a tough day, but you know, it was, that's such an important part to the film, you know, how he, how, you know, what happens to him at the end. You go back to the scene where I, I um, or going back to the scene where I squirted uh, Mitch with the blood and, mm. you know, doing that and, and the intimacy of that scene. And then, you know, all of those moments, it was those moments that just drew me to it uh, to begin with. And then the way that we really were able to bring that out as we filmed, you gave us the space and time to do that. We talked through it. You know, we developed a relationship, um, you know, all three of, you know, both of my versions of my son and, and myself. And, you know, that's what, when we were shooting those things in those moments together, it was, you could tell it was just that it was, it was the cut above, you know, and that's what, that's what I loved about it. I loved about reading it when I read it. I loved about it when we talked about it in that coffee place, in that hotel, and when we filmed it. You know, especially when we filmed it, because I knew that it was coming, you know, it was coming to fruition, that we were finding those moments and we we're making something beyond just, you know, just a typical horror. You know, we were putting a little bit of a little bit of something extra into it, which kudos to the other two and yeah. uh for exactly. you know all their yeah. all their um all their great work. Absolutely. And on that, I suppose, thinking about working with directors from an actor's point of view, you three, what's, what are the best ways directors should work with actors? What are some tips you've learned along the way that help you? It'd be really nice. Richard, let's start with you. Um, stay the fuck away from me. No, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> Please, I'm, kidding. Yeah. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I think one of the big things, I mean, I, I could say the very specific stuff, like, you know, I like it when they give you a lot of space to do your own work or, or to bring your own stuff to it. They're not too didactic and they don't say, stand there, say it like this. I mean, that drives me nuts. Um, and I've been lucky. I haven't had a lot of that. But what I think is, you know, what I really like is when they have so much um, enthusiasm and joy for the project they're working on and creativity is just oozing out of them. You know, I work with Rob Zombie a lot and people say, oh, well, you know, why do you work with him? And, and, and it's one of the biggest reasons is the man is like a funnel of creativity. And I often, and I say that about you too, you can really feel it just coming out of you. And so that inspires me to be as creative as I can be. Um, so it's directors that are just so embroiled in the project. That it's just oozing out of them. You know, ideas are coming and all the time, even while you're doing it, you know, after a second take, like, Oh, why don't we try this and try that? And you can just, you just feel their own uh, love and joy for the project. And, and the enthusiasm that you can't help but become um, infected with it. And I think that's very, very important. Um, 
that's brilliant uh, for brilliant me answer. with a director yeah love that harry yeah i think that's uh, obviously a great point and i think building on that once you have that creativity it's great when you have a director who kind of wants to share that with you and see what you can add to their vision um there's nothing worse than having a director who has that vision and then decides only they can see what it is, you know, and then that's mm-hmm. when you get the typical line reads, read it like this. That's when you get the uh, stand here, one tear out the left eye, that kind of vision that only they have. Whereas when they have that vision and they allow an actor to come on board and say, well, what else can you bring to this? What haven't I seen? This is how I'm seeing it, but there are different variables that we can work towards it in that way. And then it becomes like a collaboration between the actor and the director. And that's when I've always found like with you and, directors who have worked as actors before that's where it works so well because they understand that they understand that's alongside their vision that's great great answer harry thank you mitch what about your side what have you learned and what did you what advice and anything you could give to actors out there young actors who are making a movie like this obviously the first bit of advice i could give is enjoy yourself because being on set is such an amazing thing working with amazing people in a tight-knit group trying to achieve the same goal at the end of the day um it's really important to enjoy yourself but i think you've got to carry yourself professionally as well to try and achieve that goal obviously all you've got to do is look at richard i'm sure i drove you mad being 12 <coughs> asking you questions what time is lunch uh, stupid <laughs> questions like that and then you turn around you got richard in his chair always focused always on set so i thought if i've got to act alongside him I've got to try and perform like him because he was a consummate professional. Wow. What a lovely answer. Richard Brake, do you remember that? <laughs> do you remember? <laughs> <that? laughs> do you remember <laughs> <laughs> you're like, I don't know. <laughs> so, but Mitch, you're absolutely right. Being professional is, it's incredibly important. Um, and also for the director to be a professional. Um, you know, so, you know, I, one thing I, I've been lucky again, I've not really had too much experience of, the type of director that's, you know, diva-ish or it's just a pain in the ass or, or it's unpleasant to other um, actors or crew members. And, and definitely, you know, obviously actors most definitely shouldn't be like that. And um, I think, back again, going back to yourself and Rob Zombie and, you know, I mean, all the, pretty much all the directors I've worked with, you just, they just have this, on top of that creativity thing I was going on about earlier, is just a, underneath it is also just a real level of, professionalism i think you know nowadays there's so much i think especially with young actors there's so much of this idea of you know i got to be moody and difficult and i've got you know wear wear a wear a beanie and and you know mumble and, and just be a pain in the ass and i think that's the bad road to go down i really do without sounding like an old man um you know lecturing any any young people that might be watching it i really think you, you know i've never seen anybody like that in the real world who's done well, yep. you know, I've really never, I've seen them once and then I look, Google them again, you know, two years later and, you know, they're working at Starbucks. Absolutely. That's so right. Uh, it's so important. I think you've all touched properly in the nail on the head there with the professionalism. I think it goes across the board. Really the, the, more you, the more you can be professional on set, the more you'll work, the better you'll be, the more you'll learn. People want to work. People want to work. Yeah, there you go. We <laughs> just like, exactly. Yeah. People want to work with you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Honestly, really appreciate it. I'm so proud of all your work in the dare. Honestly, it's, it's amazing. You should be proud too. And um, yeah, fantastic. We've got it out finally in the UK. Thank you guys. It's a pleasure to work with everyone. Thanks Charles. It was. Take care. care. Cheers guys. Bye. 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 So joining us now, some more wonderful stars of the dare. It is my basement crew, or the basement story crew. Uh, it is uh, Bart Edwards, who plays pretty much the lead role of Jay Jackson. And he starred in The Witcher recently, Unreal, State of Happiness, Peep Show, um, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, as well as Young One Under, which has just gone on TV now, and The Singapore Grip, as well as, obviously, The Dare. And then, of course, we have the wonderful Alexandra Evans, who plays Cat uh, in The Dare. She starred in London Fields, Love Type D, as well as Dragons of Camelot, uh, Soho Cigarette and Redistributors. Richard Short, who has starred in Arthur and Merlin recently as uh, my King Arthur. Um, 
But he starred in some amazing TV and films, including Mary Kills People, Co Black, Time After Time, Training Day, Vinyl, Agent Carter, Covert Affairs, 666 Park Avenue. Um, uh, and the films he's done is Cafe, Choose, Public Enemies, New York Love Story, Crazy Famous. And he's just finished filming Macbeth, Joel Cohen's Macbeth, starring Denzel Washington and Francis McDormand. Richard Short, as Adam Hines, is joining us, as well as the lovely Deborah Wilde, who plays Jess in the movie, which is Jay's wife. has uh, a very pivotal role in the film, beginning and end. Um, and a little bit in the middle as well. But she starred recently in Stolen Life, Hollyoaks, Happy Epidemic. Films include... Indulgence, False Witness, The Tombs, Misrule, and, of course, The Dare. So, this is Bart Edwards, Richard Shaw, Alexandra Evans, uh, Deborah Wilde, myself, Julian Costa, producer, and Andrew Roger, the cinematographer. Hello. Hi. Wait, let me put my video on. Hey. Hey. Hey, hey Alex, how are hey. you? Good, how are you? Very good. Looks so glam. We're going out in a minute. Look amazing. So good. Thank you. Richard. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Richard, you do look good. Holy moly. I mean, you know, it's the Perrier. Shaved. (laughs) Shaved and everything. Um, I'm just so used to seeing you with blood on. It's uh, it's kind of nice, isn't it? Fair enough. Enough Fair about enough. our personal life. Hey! 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 It's a reunion! Yay! Everyone looks lovely. How is everybody? Bart's here. Hey. Hey. Wow, he's so well. Have you got like a light yeah. on you? Yeah. In what a basement. I go in full method for this. Yeah, it's just a little light up there, you know. <laughs> Get rid of the. Do you guys not travel with your softboxes? That's very yeah, odd. Yeah, it's just a softbox. You've got <laughs> always. Soft you never know when you need it, right? <laughs> you never know. I think Andy wins the best room for sure. Oh, yeah, it's all of that it's behind you. A, one of those fake backgrounds. Fake. <laughs> so look, obviously, we're here to talk about the dare because it's released Woo! today, though it's technically hey. tomorrow. Yeah. But how cool is that? Yay! 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 <laughs> It's only taken four years um, <laughs> when we first set, pretty much stepped on set. It was November the 16th, I think, was when we stepped on set um, for the first time four years ago. Wow. And we stepped on set many times after that. Every Christmas, some might <laughs> yeah. say. Yeah, every Christmas. Year. <laughs> every Christmas, especially for some <laughs> of us. Guys, I'm sorry. We're not going to do this Christmas. It's oh, sad. it's sad, right? There's still time. I could still do it. We could still oh. go back and... <laughs> Do pickups we haven't released in Iceland yet, so we could do a different version for them, something mm-hmm. like that. Okay. Yeah, let's Fuck do it. it. Fuck it. So what, let's. It. I suppose let's jump back and talk about our first memories of this movie and what we remember from this. Because from my side, I had the best time with you lot. Uh, I loved working with you all, and I really did. Um, I don't think we'd be doing this now if we hadn't all got on. So uh, for me, it was it was one of the best highlights of my life. I'll always remember it, and I'll always remember you. So. It's true, though. I mean, it's true. I'm just true. sorry for uh, you. It's okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Fair it's enough. Good. I mean, you, I mean, <laughs> I mean, fair enough. It's what I say one of them. I didn't say these. So, okay, not so bad. So, let, I suppose let's just jump in and say what we remember from this shoot. And Well, Dan, Dan, Daniel Schutzman isn't here, so clearly he didn't have quite as good a time. He's my brother-in-law, so it's not... Uh, <laughs> As a bigger deal, so I can he just doesn't like you. For other yeah, reasons. so he clearly does nothing like to do with the film, right? Nothing right, to right. do with the film. Basically, all right, let's talk about Daniel Schutzman because he isn't here, and he was <laughs> he is fantastic in the film. He's basically his mouth sewn up for the whole movie, so he couldn't speak. <laughs> I mean, the poor guy, right? Mouth sewn up. Um, had to drink out of a straw if he was lucky. He could smoke loads, though. He kept, like, I would roll him cigarettes, and obviously he couldn't, like, lick the, the paper to do it, so I would lick his cigarettes, and I'd just quit. And I, I loved it because I'd be like, I'm licking the cigarette, like shaking, like I wish I could smoke it. And then putting it in the weird breathing hole he had in his like weird prosthetic mouth. This could not happen in 2020 though. Yeah, literally. So many, <laughs> so yeah. many euphemisms there. I can't even know. We'll just yeah. oh, it's like being back again. <laughs> You're all filthy all the time. So can you remember the first time you all met? Um, can you remember that feeling? Because we had a rehearsal in... I think the yeah. first time you all met was in Bulgaria, yeah, we right? Yeah, in that little uh, office room, didn't yes. we? Yes. 
That first bit of rehearsal was amazing. It was really fun for me to watch you guys all work together. Well, I remember we we did a really lovely read through. And then I think me and Danny had to leave for like two weeks whilst Mm. Bart was doing a lot of stuff um, with just you guys. So then we came back into it and like you were all like in the zone and we just were thrown into the basement. And then we had lots of like, just like it was just great because you guys were like really there. And then the minute we came in, it was just like, you're here this is the situation and it was very real the set was very realistic I was very grazed and cut and yeah you were yeah. let's talk let's talk about the set then because you guys were in a basement for a long time I like literally the whole time you were filming you were in that basement and a lot of you were chained up in fact you were all chained up and sometimes we didn't find the key when we were having a lunch break or whatever for you to get out. Um, let's talk about that, your time in that basement and how it felt. Let's start with you, Bart. Well, I'd say the testament to the people that built it is that I was thinking about this yesterday was the habitants of which we had to live in for so long had such mm. an effect on, our, on my brain personally. I don't know if it did you guys, that I think that's why we did bond so hard and party to an extent that was incredibly enjoyable, but I think it's because it was so oppressive, the space that we had to spend most of our days in. So, and I I mean, you know exactly what it did to me. It made me basically shit myself for a month. (laughs) It really had an effect on my brain and my soul. And yeah, I thought I'd just bring it up now because then no one else can fuck me over later. Um, (laughs) So I'd say the set itself, with it having such an effect on my brain is why I needed to just kind of release, you know, in an evening, have a drink or two. I think it was um, incredibly built and I think it has a great effect on the the movie. Mm, Alex, what it felt to you as an actor to suddenly be tied up and not being able to move and uh, the whole build-up, I suppose. I don't know. I, I kind of really liked it because you kind of had to really think within like your, your limitations. And uh, it, we knew that every shot was going to be like, you could only move this far. You can only go to this distance and you can stand up or sit down. And how's that going to be different to the next shot? Because it's all, you know, one after the other, and that could be quite boring. So that was, that was quite fun. I, I do. I, it was very, very depressing though. It was so cold. I mean, that it snowed for the whole time we were there and we were in a huge warehouse with this set built inside it. So there was like no heating and all of us were in like summer outfits. Mm-hmm. And it was just, it was, it, yeah, like it made it miserable. And I guess in a way it, it really helps like the performance a lot. We were supposed yeah. to be miserable. <laughs> totally. And you did all get cut up and you did all go for it. And that's what I really loved about working with you guys is because you all did get stuck in. You all just went, I've got to go for this. There's no point in doing it half-arsed. And it was just fantastic. And I suppose taking Danny's lead because he had no choice. He's now got <laughs> scars and blood all over him and mouth sewn up. He is there. He's doing it. He's in Naked. the moment. Naked, pretty much. Yeah, it's it's like you said, a lot of the time we were just chained in between takes too. So it wasn't really go to craft services table or anything like that kind of job. But it was just easier to sit in the corner of the whole time. But but there was a very definite sense of that was the stage, right? So you you, yeah. you went in, the walls were literally closed in around us. A mm-hmm. couple of them were movable, movie mm-hmm. magic ruined there. But but most of the time they weren't. Most of the time they were they were locked in. And, and it, it was actually very helpful for acting, I think, truthfully, because mm. you, you were in there and that was go time. And then once we left there, it was a totally mm. separate world. But, but I concur with what Alex just said, which is you wanted to make it visually interesting as well, because the, your entire movie is being locked in the same corner. So you do one take leaning on your right arm, one take, you know, with your left leg up on the wall, thinking things like that, like <laughs> yeah. making, notes, making yeah. notes in your script. What should I do in this bit? I'll yeah. have my mouth mm. half open. Or I'll, yeah. be, I'll have my forehead <laughs> leaning on this bit of the wall. Good character it's choice, just yeah. something different. Yeah. But it's, it's a really yeah. interesting psychological test to act with the same props or lack of props, <clears throat> which mm-hmm. is basically no props, mm-hmm. uh, locked in the same corner and never moving from within a sort of five foot space. And I know we had great fun, but then apparently my wife <laughs> tells me I was having horrible, shaky nightmares when I came. <laughs> <laughs> I had nightmares for months afterwards, months, just waking up in the middle of the night. Yeah, still haven't, thinking that we should be shooting now. I was was literally telling my missus, move out the way, I've got to get the camera in, screaming out loud at the top of my voice. So I think it was, like I say, it was traumatic, but it was wonderful at the same time. Mm. Um, Deborah, you came down into the basement for uh, a scene 
that then was essentially cut because it didn't no no it, it, well, it did make it to the final movie actually so what was your experience of that of because most of your scenes were in the house itself I was about to say that it was the funniest thing for me because um obviously you guys had already been in there for quite a long time and I arrive no blood fresh <laughs> face like glam that was my like look and I was like hey guys it's my first day I'm so excited and literally like Giles was okay like I think you were just just about holding it together by mm. that point yep. but everyone else was kind of a bit like they just looked a bit they had like that dead <laughs> kind of like look and I was like I'm so excited <laughs> la, 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 la. and I was like <laughs> what's up but then I saw the situation and uh I understood yeah and uh you know it felt a little bit bad because you know in between takes I was getting my you know my hair like freshed up <laughs> and like my makeup and you know and everyone else is getting like more blood more cuts yeah more whatever and everyone just looked so everything just looked so like damp and just like all the like like a real like real cuts you know when they sort of when the blood dries mm. up and it oh it was yeah I was uh, quite happy not to be in there. <laughs> well, and interesting, you talk about how, because uh, some of those cuts look so real and sometimes yeah. they were real and you just went with what was real with your knees, Alex, or whatever mm. you had, Bar and uh, Richard, God knows what you had. But it, it, I think all, all that makes it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, they shaved your head, didn't they? I you shaved, Richard said, I actually yeah. shaved a bit. Was of that Richard's you? Head. I did some of it and I really enjoyed it. It was a real pleasurable <laughs> took, moment. We took little chunks out of it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. me and Richard go way back. We did a play together like 20 years ago. And so we, we were able to do that to each other, I suppose. You haven't done and it And he's to always me wanted to shave chunks out of my head. It was so. something, it was like a weird passion. <laughs> but no, so you guys had all this stuff going on, but yet there's all this, there's gore to do as well. There's, there's eyeballs to pull out and there's cockroaches to eat and there's mm. you know hands to be nailed to walls oh. how, mm. as an actor how was that but let's start with you because you had you're the screaming the most you're dealing with it you know you're coming into this fresh in terms of your character yeah. how was that for you well it was like a weird drug i don't know if you guys found this <laughs> it's because ayahuasca <laughs> yeah it was like ayahuasca no we had we all knew that we had a very kind of slim amount of time to film a very intense movie and I from my point of view I was coming into it relatively fresh I hadn't done a, a feature like this before and being able to spend the time actually from what Alex was saying earlier from where we rehearsed in that little office space upstairs yeah. to then mm -hmm. being after doing the the stag do which obviously isn't in the movie maybe it'll make its way to public viewing one day uh straight into the basement it became this weird mental race to work out how much pain you're in kind of and again yeah which bit of your head do you want to put on the side how do i make this essence of emptiness seem interesting and then and then just going for it i mean it was a hell of just stupid amounts of fun like rarely do you get to be have nails put through and generally crucified that kind of stuff mm. um so i just found it at the time i think I, I you just go to bed like jolting a little bit but it was in essence just incredible fun and I love what's, what's the best way to deal with that then as an actor now looking back, would you have done something different or moving forward? If you have to do another movie like that, what would you, what advice would you give to people to I do? I think at the time I didn't really know what, um, you were getting yourself in for what I was getting myself in for, no, how to, um, like every take was that the, the, the one I wanted it to be the most energetic take in the world. I don't think at that point I knew how to, um, to uh, pace myself slightly so at the end of every day you really did feel like you've run a tiny mental and physical marathon mm. do you guys mm. feel that 100 yeah, percent. Sure. i think it really helped that we shot it in chronological order so like it started yeah. off like not so bad and then it got worse and worse and worse and worse so like that i, I feel like that helped me be like okay now i'm in even more pain today yeah more pain the next day and more blood and richard by the end of it you were more blood than person like you can even see your face <laughs> you were a dummy more blood. <laughs> by the end he was a dummy yes Man, just like the, the camaraderie with us all by the end i mean i at the end i did feel a little, and this isn't to say that everyone was horrible. I felt a bit depressed by the yeah. end because the, the the subject matter of what we were doing is fucking awful. <laughs> well, I know that we were somewhat relentless in our haranguing of you too, right? And that's because of the the characters as well. Like yeah, the yeah, whole yeah. time we're locked in that room and we're telling 
Jade to shut up and where to go, etc. Alex and I especially, because because Daniel had his mouth sewn up. Uh, I've I've I never know. been so nasty. Truthfully, I mean Ad, Adam Hines, that character is a bit of a bastard, you know. I've never I've never been like that. Like, no, that, and what's interesting, all sure. the characters are assholes, and and me and Johnny wrote it that way that that you all assholes and I wanted it to be I didn't want the audience to be oh these guys are yeah let's root for them let's get them out I kind of wanted you to root for them a bit but also yeah. you were playing them exactly right which must have been yeah. fun to You're play right, right what you know right yeah right what you know. <laughs> yeah, I, just, I, just, I just remember Giles there were there were a few moments because of camera Andy um where you you were shooting from outside without anyone at all being in there, mm. right? Just yeah. literally, just the four of us, or, or mm. perhaps the three of us, because maybe Dan was a, a dummy at that point. Yeah. But um, those moments were spectacular. I mean, that, that was like just doing like we said often. It was like doing a play, mm. yeah. like being on stage. Yeah, it really was. It's being there was adapted, no artifice correct? at all. Yes, it's adapted yeah. to, to yeah. a musical, actually. A musical, yeah. yeah. Dare the musical. But you know what? I like to work that way. I like, obviously, coming from the acting background, I like to work <laughs> it as a play. Let's do as much mm. of the scene as we can. So, therefore, when you're in that moment and you're not having to stop for a relight, stop for this. So, Andy would light it all in one go so we could go, right, let's place these cameras here, here, and here. All right, I want you to do the whole scene. Therefore, yeah. you would feel it, right? You'd be in the moment. Is that a better way to work rather than being bitty? Definitely oh, yeah, for this. Sure. I, th I thought it was invaluable. Like, yeah, yeah. Us being able to do it in the little office space. Yeah. Try stuff out. And it was, we, we just had nothing there. You had to at least find some kind of structure yeah. for us to be able to work out how to work in this sandbox. I think yeah. it helps that you're an actor as well, Giles, because you understand yeah. how to direct actors being an actor you know sometimes you work with directors who've never done it and they're very removed and they're just like do it like this but better and you're like oh god how do I replicate what they've just shown me but better mm. whereas you you could really like talk to us in a way that we were like oh yeah he gets it like and that was really lovely mm. and talk and, and on that then in terms of advice for actors working with directors and working on set what are the best things that directors should do what should actors do on sets two questions in one Richard start with you, you should read the script Right. what the director should or the actor should all of it right. all of it no i i think i mentioned this to you when we were discussing <laughs> king arthur was um which is out now it, in sky movies which is out now sky movies and other <laughs> outlets um <laughs> uh no i think uh i think when there's a table read on offer and, and if it's you know a struggle for you to get there just try and make it it's the same with doing these rehearsals in this little office at nubayana in, in bulgaria because if you can just look at each other briefly before you go to camera, if you can hear each other's voice, mm. for me, and I'm sure I speak on behalf of, of all actors in here, is, is that it gets rid of some of the anxiety, which is 50% mm -hmm. of the battle for us, right? That you show up and you're nervous and, you're, and that never goes away. You just learn to hide it, right? That's all. But it's always there. So I think, I, I think be present for the rehearsals and for the table read. It's utterly invaluable for me. And then by the time we get to set, I'm just ready to go to work. I mean, uh, yeah, I guess all I can do is continue on from that is that give them the space to play at first, which is what you gave us. And then uh, then kind of just hone it in to the direction that you want to. And I, I guess, again, we were just lucky enough for all of us to be there the whole time. We No one was rushing off anywhere else. We were all in the same hotel. We were able to bring up uh, issues when they arose, depending on if something didn't feel right or if you'd scream too much or if you needed to lie down for a little bit because you felt ill it um and it was a joy working with you and Andy in fact being able to looking at it from the way that I was looking at it then which was all very new and very fresh I felt incredibly safe I felt like I could try things out and I mean in the genre we were making that is somewhere you really need to feel like that because you really need to push it way past where you normally do with other um genres well, that's that's the thing, isn't it, Alex? When you're you're doing a horror as opposed to a drama, it your your performance has to be up there. You have to be when you're in you know you're in that mode where you're being tortured or you're being in pain or whatever. You, it's a different level, right? Doing a horror to a normal feature. Yeah, I really feel like if you're doing a horror film and somebody is torturing you, you just have to commit to that, don't you? Because I think you get more stupid if you're like, oh, oh, it hurts, like. <laughs> That's going to look shit, isn't it? So yep. 
it's you, you just really have to go for it and I, I feel like you know we were in a very safe place with with you guys we didn't feel like we had like a huge audience and everybody judging us like half of the time like you guys weren't even like in the room it would just be like just Andy with the camera and everybody else would be like behind these four walls and then we could just like do whatever we we wanted and yeah like like the others were saying you know you gave us loads of free reign and if it was like a tweak or something you'd come in like sit us aside and it wasn't like your shit do better you'd come in and be like so like what do you think this bit is and you'd ask us and make us think about it to get to the answer which I think is nicer than sort of being like just telling us what you wanted it was you get a different result yeah totally agree yeah you do I felt like there's a it was a really nice balance of everything feeling very controlled and you knew exactly the shots you wanted to get alongside it feeling that kind of exciting maverick style of like, actually, I've just had this idea. Do you fancy doing this? It wasn't necessarily on the, the course sheet of what I was had yesterday, but right now, do you mind doing it? And I think that's a really nice place to be in something where everybody has to live in the same world. Like, just jump in and give it. Mm. Yeah, really interesting. Deborah, from your side, you, you're working with uh, young kids as well, and you're working with Bart in the house as the family parent. Now, I like to do takes where I don't cut sometimes, and Andy knows this, where I'll just go, I, I don't cut, I want to go again straight away, and I'll come and whisper stuff to you guys and, and, and move the scene forward that way. Um, what do you, what do you, do you, I suppose, what's your memory of, because you came back the second year as well, Deborah, to, to, you know, which we nicely made your your role, your part. Yeah. The, the mum was back, you know. Well, it uh, changed just, so much, the, yeah. the character from the initial idea to what it eventually ended up being. It just started, it just grew and grew and grew, which was lovely for me. And um, really establishing that family dynamic and, uh, well, the kids were awesome. The kids were awesome and it was just hilarious how much they grew the second time we saw them. Me and Bart were like, oh. whoa, we have actually this. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. Mitchell I growing, never met him. Oh, he's lovely, but he's In grown person. massively now. But the two girls who played your daughters, it yeah. was a year later and at that age, they were like six and seven. They're like they're eight and nine. You're like, oh my god, are they going to look totally different? You, you totally get away with it in the film, but they'd grow yes. a lot. Well, we've got the same picture of me and Bart and the two girls in like a family pose, and then a year later, and uh, it's quite it's quite funny. Oh. But they were so um, so like dedicated to, it and it felt like so real. I think we kind of played around with a, with a few different ideas, but it felt very yeah, it felt really real. And and you're totally right. We had that really like sort of intimate rehearsal with you, Giles. And then I think it kind of all, it it, it all felt very natural to me. Mm. Yeah, totally. Uh, I think it's amazing that the memories just keep coming back when you talk and stuff and you find things. Hello, everyone. It is Giles. I am jumping in here to tell you this is a two-parter. It's four in the morning. I'm still editing. And I thought... I need to get this out. So, uh, <laughs> this is it. This is part one. We're going to pick it up with part two with Devra, with Alex, with Richard, with Bart, uh, myself, Julian, and Andy. And we're going to be joined in the final section by the fantastic Rob Massa. He plays the fantastic, the dark, the scary, the, the masked villain of Dominic in the dare and he talks all about that all about mask work how you can get inside a character through the mask and what it's like to play a villain what it's like to play a baddie he also talks to you about what it was like working with christopher mcquarrie on mission impossible and sam mendes on 1917 all that to come for you uh, on the bonus episode on Friday of part two of this the Filmmakers Podcast, The Dare Special. So, in the meantime, uh, do go watch The Dare, do go support if you can. I'd love that. It'd mean the world to me. And if you like it, do write a lovely review on Amazon or on iTunes or on Sky. Honestly, I'll do all three. Um, why not? Support indie films as much as you can and support us. You're listening to this, so do what you can. Thank you so much. Go to uh, our Twitter, at The Dare Movie. Um, follow us there, retweet our stuff, or me, at Giles Alderson. Or the podcast, at Filmmakers Pod. We will see you on Friday for part two. And in the meantime... Do go do something to go make your film. Make it happen. Be inspired by this. If I can do it, you can do it. Believe in yourselves and get out there and make your film. Until Friday, I'll see you then. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.